Introducing Mortgage Matters. This is a great time to go buy a house. This is when the real estate fortunes are made. A show dedicated to helping you navigate the challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were put into conservatorship in 2008 and continued to dominate the mortgage market. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Brody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting live from the KBEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? It's time for Mortgage Matters. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. We got Dan Podesto in here, the ghost of Mortgage Matters past. I'm here. I made it. Do you feel good like you got you got some days off from this job? Um yeah, it was a good run. It was uh it was nice. I I do want I I owe you and Jason Van Dyke and Will Barnaby and Mike Points uh a big thank you. I got to see 6 out of 9 soccer games for my my kids. They were on the same soccer team this year, so thank you guys for for uh, letting me see so many of those games this season, you know Saturday Sports Day is a little difficult for us with a Saturday radio show too. Yeah, I've been balancing that f- from the beginning. <laughs> um, yeah, I was gonna say thank you. Now yeah. all of the guilt I had about <laughs> right. uh, being the show misser is completely alleviated. I know I'm like, man, Dan guy sure is hit or miss on showing up here. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's great to have you back. Uh, last week on the show, what's going on? You look, you look yeah. puzzled. Hey, Jim. <laughs> yes, sir. Do you have control over the volume that I receive in my headphones? I sure do. I can, can you like... help me out? I got it maxed out over here, and I'm getting not, not a lot. Is that better? Mm, it, I mean, it could be louder. It could be louder. Wow. Do huh. you have a here? Maybe this little up thing on your cable uh-huh. right there. Never know. Yeah, I'm um, now. I'm blowing oh, my wow. ears. I'm blowing my ears out of here. Get you? There you go. Yeah, maybe when I hold it down, but when I let go, <laughs> it does something different. Huh? Why? Why is it you always have the headphone? headphone Dan is technologically challenged. He's got some kind of yeah. a curse with electronics. I think. Yeah. Yeah, the problem like, is if I turn up your headphones, I also turn up Jason's headphones. Well, I'm noticing this button here mm-hmm. that I'm holding currently mm-hmm. is making a big difference, but when I let go, it like it's mutes. It's Switch muting. to the one with no button. I only have one cord. Oh no. They don't oh, have a no button. <laughs> <sighs> well, Dan will try to sort out his headphone, headphone emergency woes, again. And, uh, <laughs> it's Veterans Day weekend. Yeah. Can we solve this? I think we. I may have asked Dan this before, but is it veteran or veteran? I think it's veteran. Veteran. You like mm-hmm. the good er in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like a lot of people do say veteran? They do. Mm-hmm. Dan? Dan can't hear. His, head, his headphones <laughs> yeah. are bad. He's like, can yeah, hear. sorry, can but I got a headphone emergency. Sorry. I found that if I put the audio jack about a yes. third of the way into the yeah. 
hole, then I get full sound. Oh, then it's the jack. You have the wrong... Um... No, this is the same one I used before that's always been fine. Hmm. As a... Um... Is your adapter pushed in all the way? But well, as, as a former... I Like, I grew <laughs> up on Volkswagen, air-cooled Volkswagens. I got to tell you, one of the most helpful things is to just use a process of elimination to isolate your problem by replacing things and sure. checking things. So you just work on that. Um. So yeah, anyhow, it's uh it's veteran. Yeah, I, I feel like that's more correct. Yeah. Yeah. Veteran. I'm gonna double check it, but um You can click the little uh dictionary thingamajig that reads it to you. Yeah. Um I definitely hear a lot of people say veteran Veterans Day, but it's spelled veteran. Dan, weigh in. I'll go with veteran. Got it. Okay. That's where I'm at on it. Veteran sounds yeah. right to me. So anyways, Veterans Day tomorrow. Same and issue. Same issue? Yeah. Uh, faulty table then. You're, it, it's the, the plug here. So we just need to move you over here to this channel. No? My goodness. We'll try this. Oh, we haven't tried that one yet? Hmm. The gold-plated one looks much better than the uh, other. It's good <laughs> at about a third of the way in. Weird, man. Okay, there we go. Weird, weird. Um, it's the first run for these headphones, okay? So we're just, you know, working yeah. out some bugs. Well, and that's no one of deal. the challenges with live radio. You know, you just you get a plug-in, turn-on, and you're it's there. That's your test. I mean, it's not like I got to come in here and warm up or anything. Those motor mouths are just hogging the studio. Mm. Well, actually, your seat was vacant this morning. so Probably because the <laughs> microphone jack doesn't work very well. Although he said he's having the same issue with both of them. Yeah. Hmm. Veteran. Veteran. So tomorrow's Veterans Day. So special thank you to all of our veterans out there. Um, and the, of course, the, the active duties as well. Jim, is this your Nicorette here? Are you working on something new here you haven't told us about? Yeah, I don't believe that's mine. Okay. But, um, don't strike me as a nicotine addicted fella. No, never. You've probably never tried nicotine of any sort, have you? Uh, no, I have, but not. Okay. Yeah. But I, I might be Scott Taylor. Um, and then, of course, Monday is Veterans Day observed, right? So everybody's closed. Everybody's off. Yeah. Schools are off. Bank holiday. Bank holiday. Yeah. What are you going to do? Um, I have a conference call at 10 a.m. <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> and yeah, so, and the kids are out of school, so I'll be Hanging chasing out. them around. Yes. Fantastic. My wife does not have the bank holidays off, so. Oh. Um, oh. I know. She's in retail. She's Damn. probably actually busier. Uh, probably, yeah. There's more people not working who want to buy things. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. That's what I'll be doing. Probably heading to a local park. Maybe doing some yard work. I don't know if I'm going to have enough time. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll just see. I did... Uh, I thought it would be appropriate... 
Oh, let me bring you up to speed the rest of the way. Okay. Um, last week we had on Will, and we kind of just talked real estate the whole time, so we never even talked about the jobs report. So oh. any of those things that you feel inclined to talk about, we can talk about. Um, I did think it would be nice to spend some time talking about uh, the VA home loans today. You know, it's a... Makes sense. It's seasonal since this is <laughs> Veterans Weekend here. Um, and I get charged up about the VA home loans. Um, it's, uh, it's This is hard for me to even say. Um, Getting teary-eyed? Well, no. The, the problem is, is that they get a bad rap from uh, a handful of points that I think are hangover and no longer relevant. And then additionally, it's just a loan product where unfortunately, I think many lenders prey upon their captive audience to be able to do VA loans. Mm -hmm. um, and because they're a very profitable loan, you can um, just make extra money. And I don't know how to say extra money i think more than you deserve more than you would make off of a non-va loan and and really the problem is is that you could do a conventional loan where typically it's it's pretty widely accepted that um, a bank makes a conventional loan and makes a couple points at that exact same interest rate um you you would have one and a half to two times the commission on a VA loan that you would on a VA on a conventional loan. So usually what you would do would be to pay the veterans closing costs, give them a lower interest rate, usually both. Um, but then there's so many banks out there that just are like, no, we do neither. We're just, we're just making double pay on these loans. And I, I feel like that's kind of gross. Um, not kind of gross. I think it's disgusting. And um, additionally, we have, and because they're so profitable, this is where you see these um, national TV lenders that are just they they they're called like you know call center type places, whatever. They're just the VA loan company, and that's like all they do. And nobody's ever wondered why, hey, how how come you have crafted your... Same thing for reverse mortgages. Um, you got so specialized, and now you got a celebrity with a mustache on, kind of making it seem as though what you have is exclusive or specialized. And the reality is, is that it was a cleverly formed company that was geared at being double profitable to target um, a very specific audience and there's so many reasons why i think that's gross um but the primary one just being that you know we do reverse mortgages we do va loans we do construction loans and conventional loans and usda loans um the that the heart of it for us has always been well come to us and we'll sit down with you in a very objective way with access to all of the product and program and figure out what's the best thing for you. Not, I don't want to help the people where I make normal money. I only want to serve the people where I make double. And if you come to me for anything but me making double, I'm out on you. And I don't like that. That, But that's such a norm 
Um, and these guys, they figure out the recipe and then they market for it. So, um, and, and I don't, I also don't think this gets enough media coverage, but we see their hands slapped regularly. These companies that do just reverse mortgages or just VA loans, they do, um, they get caught, um, steering and, and making loans that where they're charging just exorbitant fees and, um, it's uh, like I said, it's super frustrating, very difficult thing. I can't put that in a 30 second commercial, <laughs> right? So it's a very difficult thing to even make people aware of. So part of this little diatribe for me, I just wanted to, to let everybody know if you're a veteran or you know a veteran, um, heads up. You're seen as a dollar sign in many circles and mortgages is probably the... Um, it's probably just the the pinnacle of it. So when you go get a home loan, very smart to shop around. Um, in fact, I'd have to say, if you are out to get any kind of home loan, a VA loan and a reverse mortgage, you're tied. You are tied for the highest likelihood of getting absolutely price gouged when you make your way to the best advertiser. So really, really be careful um, and get a second opinion or a third opinion. Um, and and remember, this is really true in most things. In mortgages, it, it is especially true. The better your marketing is, usually the worse deal you're getting. <laughs> so when you see Rocket Mortgage and you see Tom Selleck pitching the reverse mortgage company or you see... Um, I keep wanting to pick on New Day Financial because I see them on the TV a lot, and I've also seen them get rung up for um, practices. Uh, anyway, when you're those companies where you're, um, like I said, you're you're really good at marketing and you're going after something really specific, usually um, that's one where you just need to get a second opinion. I advocate often that people get second opinions on mortgages. Um, but by and large, let me just tell you, a VA loan, a reverse mortgage, absolutely you need a second opinion. The rest of them, well, you're not going to say you're not going to get taken advantage of, but it's not so great. Yeah. Um, you have the, a, the second opinion thing, I mean, it's not just your opinion or my opinion that people should get a second opinion when shopping for a mortgage. Out of the whole housing downturn, the federal government, as they came through and assessed the problem, saw that lack of shopping or lack of opportunity to shop for the consumer was a major problem in the industry. It led to people being steered into very high-priced loans or loans with terms that were risky and not um, fully discussed and vetted and understood, or they weren't offered alternative options. So... You know, one of the really great things to come out of the whole financial reform of the last decade was instituting a timeout in the mortgage process, which allows for at least three days where um, no fees can be charged or it basically is like just a timeout for you to be able to assess your mortgage, shop, get other quotes, decide what the best option is, who the company is that you'd, you know, what company you'd rather work with, and then move forward after doing all that homework. But too many people just feel rushed through this process. 
Uh, well, let's let's be honest too. Um, it's a little bit of a hassle, isn't it? And mm-hmm. I think in some places it's going to be more of a hassle, but, um, you know, cause here's the deal. I call you up and I say, Hey Dan, I, I'm calling because I hear your radio show, whatever. Um, I, I, I need to refinance my house. Um, what's your lowest interest rate? That's not a great question. And you know that because you're a professional and the borrower, he's probably not like calling you right now for a 15 minute conversation about the lowest interest rate or what's the right fit for you. What he's really wanting to do is get a quick understanding of where do you stack up, man? If I pick you because you're in my town and I like you, I hear your radio show. You sound like you know what you're doing. Am I making a bad choice? Um, Is this the thing where I choose the mom pa in town and I just pay 30% more? And, and so that's one of the things, right? And just as a mortgage company, and I'm talking every every mortgage company in the nation, that phone ringing, that inbound phone call, that's a big deal, right? Absolutely. Um, it's probably worth some money. Um, what's the conversion rate, 10 or 20%? I don't know, but it's probably worth some money. So you're, you want to try to, to dig in with somebody and, and show, I want to show you that I want, I want to serve you. Um, and at the same time, um, I know this is sort of conversation 2.0, but the lowest interest rate isn't always the best thing for people. Um, there's a conversation that should be had about points. There's a there's price adjusters that, um, and I always want people really to understand this, but um, you all know what a matrix is, right? Um, I feel like we see and use matrices so often that it's really um, commonplace for us. But I'll tell you this, like picture um, a, a graph where on each axis, axis you have on one side, you have equity from 0% equity down to 90% equity. And then on the other axis, you have credit score. Um, as you find yourself on this graph, the, um, the pricing changes for you, right? And that makes sense, doesn't it? If you have an 800 credit score and you have 70% equity, um, you probably deserve better terms. You're much lower risk than the guy that has a 620 credit score and 5% equity. So that's one of the questions in pricing that makes it hard to just answer the phone and tell somebody, oh, it's four and three quarters. Um, I, I kind of need to know that. Well, when was your last run credit score and what was it? Um, some companies just insist on trying to get you to run your credit right then and there. So that's a hassle. If you're shopping, I don't want my credit run all over town. Um, you also might not, if you're like most people, you might not have a great idea of when your last credit score even was run. Mm-hmm. Um, when was yours, Dan? <laughs> Mine was a couple months ago. <laughs> it was a while ago, right? If you're not buying cars and you're not getting new credit cards and you're not, um, you know, you just, some people haven't had their credit run in a couple years. They're just, they don't know. So we can assume you have the top tier credit. Um, but anyways, my point, I want to go back to this. Like you said, um, many people don't shop. It's not just us that think you should get a second opinion, but the process of getting that second opinion 
is kind of a pain in the butt. Some people think that if they go online and see the bank rate ad or see the lending tree ad that they've shopped. And that's not, there's more that goes into it than just the advertised rate on the sidebar of your screen. Right. And, you know, and so I said a second ago that there's sort of a, a, a dual access um, chart of credit score and equity. That's true. But then there's, there's, that's not it. What's your transaction type? Yeah. Are you getting transaction type, (laughs) property type, um, state? Do you live in the property or is it investment? Second home, whatever. There's, there's all of these things. And so we really do need a little bit of information to give you a good, accurate score. And, um, and so, like I said, it, there you can get clear quotes like that by understanding those six or seven bullet points. You know, if I was, I could call, I could call and get ten quotes in less than twenty minutes, probably by saying, "Look, I'm an owner occupied, seventy percent LTV, seven sixty, um, no cash out refi into a thirty year fixed on a single family residence." With an impound account. (laughs) (laughs) What is that for you? And I know I need to give you a minute because you're either looking it up on a paper rate sheet or you're keying it into the computer and it's going to run and you're going to tell me. And then I probably want my no points rate, right? Tell me what you are at no points. Um, That's good enough for me. I probably, my last question before I hung up with you is be, what are your lender fees? My lender fees are 1500 bucks. My no points rate is five and an eighth. Okay, thank you. Off to the next guy. Um, that's all. That's not very hard, but how many consumers know how to do that? Well, um, very few. Probably only the ones that have ever done it for a living. And so, um, and and by the way, as a loan officer, you really recognize when somebody calls that knows all of those things. Okay, I'm dealing with somebody that's got some wits about them. And um, they're no nonsense. That's how they took the time to know this. So I got to get right to this quick. Um, Not to say that you'd monkey around with somebody else, but that might be the one where we spend a little bit more time. Oh, where do you see yourself in five years? Are you going to be in this house or, you know, and they're like, well, funny, you should ask. I'm actually planning on moving to Idaho in three years when my eldest son graduates from Cal Poly, whatever. Oh, okay. That, that shapes what we're even talking about. So um, I do think it is a little bit challenging to shop, um, but people should. Um, and I suppose what ties into the back of this conversation very well is a conversation about credit inquiries. How many people are just scared to have their credit run? Um, pretty much every non-mortgage industry professional that I've ever spoken to. Everybody, right? Everyone thinks that if they have their credit run too many times, their credit score is going to fall through the floor. Um, and, and by, so they and by the way, um, when I learned to count, I never was taught um, what numbers before and after too many times falls. So there's like, it's like this thing is like, no matter what somebody told you, uh, we can all accept that having your credit run all willy nilly all over town is not a good practice, right? Sure. Um, but can you tell me where, 
where is the big impact and what does trigger it? Uh, many people don't know that. So let's we, we can talk about that after the break. And then I also need to tie back into the other thing about VA loans that I think is a bummer about um, just the VA loan industry. So um, let's do a quick commercial break because it's the middle of the hour here. Um, and when we get back, we'll, we'll keep this conversation going. Stick around for more Mortgage Matters. Or 3 or 800-549-5832. If you're like most investors, the constant ups and downs of the stock market have you on edge. How do you make sure you keep your gains without jumping ship too soon? At Century Financial Consultants, they have an investment strategy where your money is completely protected against market losses. You go up with the stock market, your gains locked in, and when the market goes down, you don't lose anything. Literally, you go up, never down, forwards, never backwards. Sounds too good to be true? See for yourself for free. Call Matt at Century Financial Consultants today at 805-324-7914. That's 805-324-7914. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. There's a common myth that home buyers need to save a 20% down payment to buy a home. The fact is, we offer numerous zero down and low down payment loan programs. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRE number 0183960008. California DBO number 6054783. NMLS number 328358. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. Welcome back, everyone. Happy Veterans Day weekend. What's up? Am I quiet again? Uh. (laughs) No. It's weird. The music comes through fine with the thing plugged all the way in. It's the the microphone. No, you're not. So you can hear us now? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me now? I can. Hear me now. I can. I got you guys. <laughs> Loud and clear. Loud and clear. 
So I want to jump right back into this before I forget what I was going to tell you. I, I tend to, um, you know, I jump around a lot. So we're talking credit. Pulls. We're talking credit inquiries, and um, I think it just helps to to temper this conversation. It just helps for you to know the purpose of inquiries being tracked. Think about that. Why would we care how often you look into your credit, apply for new credit, shop around? I don't think we care that you're looking into your credit. It's it's more that you're it's an indication that you're out shopping around. If you're getting credit inquiries reporting to your credit, that means that you're out applying for credit. You need some credit, you're looking for some credit. And sometimes so- it's it's just a you know, sometimes you get an inquiry from a credit check to see if you are approved for some kind of you know, a utility company will do it sure. to see to make sure that you have a history of repaying debts. Then we can go ahead because you're gonna, you know, you're gonna pay for your services after you actually use them. So we want to make yeah. sure that you're a bill payer. So that kind of thing happens. But then there's other things where you're going around to every car dealer in town. You know, you're gonna buy a new car. It's pretty obvious because you're getting your credit run at right. the Honda place and the Toyota place and the Ford place, and you know, so it seems like a credit. Or a car purchase. So the inquiry thing is is really tied directly to, um, first of all, as a tool, it's intended to alert other creditors that, hey, this guy's out, um, out looking around. And um, it doesn't, the inquiry doesn't say whether or not it led to new credit, but just says this person's poking into their credit. And, um, it does at some period of time begin to erode your credit score. And and I'll tell you why. One component of this is if you're repeatedly looking for credit and you look like you're kind of desperate for credit, because um, first of all, you might get your credit run um, at two car dealerships. That might be normal. I'm saying might in a way with some voice inflection that I want you to know. I think that's even weird. If you're out to buy a car, usually you go to the place that has the kind of cars you want. And the credit inquiry component is part of the finance package in the backside where you've done. Like you negotiated. You got through it. Um, there were some assumptions made on what your credit score is and how it would impact what you've done, but you're really this kind of pulling your credit to validate what you got going on and finish the processing of the financing. So you do that. And then the next day, so you had BMW and then the next day you're over at Ford. Um, I can only assume you were so deep into that transaction at BMW and then it didn't come together. So now here you are at Ford, right? And I'm kind of picking on Ford because Ford's one of those companies that Ford will give you a car loan with a 550 credit score. They'll like finance anyone. Um, So then Ford doesn't finance you. And now here you are later that day and you're at Toyota and then you're from Toyota to McCarthy's and then you're from McCarthy's to Highland. What are you doing? Um, Obviously you're having trouble getting financed. And something keeps coming up where nobody wants to finance you. So it's a tool. Now let's use that inquiry to lower this guy's credit score. So the next time someone runs your credit, they go, whoa, 
something's going on here. We want you, we want to use your credit score to put a little flashing red light on your head that the next time you sit down into a finance department, they just understand that something's wrong with you and your ability to borrow. Um, that's the reason that we use inquiries to lower people's credit score. Um, going to get an inquiry on a Saturday, you run on down to BMW because you know you're getting the new 5 Series. You have to have it. You shopped around. They've got the one on the lot that's the special, and you're getting it. You know it's a good deal, and you get your credit run to finance a new BMW. That inquiry is doing absolutely nothing to you. Um, opening the brand-new auto loan, yeah, that's going to dip your credit score for a little bit. You know, going to knock you down for 30 or 60 days while we make sure that you make the first payment and it's all what it's supposed to be. Everyone expects that. Let me tell you now about a different scenario where you are, let's say you have four credit cards and they're all pretty well utilized. Like you're running 70, 80, 90% balances on four credit cards. And now you, for the first time in a year, you run a new credit card application. That inquiry is meant to be punishing to you. Hey, hang on, everybody. Again, we're trying to put a red flashing light on your head. You have a profile where you have balances running. You appear to possibly be overextended. We'd love, like, from a lender standpoint, your focus should be on catching up right now. Yet instead, here you are asking for another Visa card. Um, that inquiry is intended to drop your score, put that flashing red light on your head and make it to where you're, um, you're just recognized as somebody that you, you not saying you shouldn't, we're not making your credit go from 700 to 500, but 700 to 650. That's probably pretty likely if you got a bunch of max out credit cards with no lates. And now here you are asking for another credit card. That's like a lender beware. So that's a slightly different profile. And again, I, I want to remind you guys, I started this little piece by saying, um, think about why it is that we would want inquiries to impact your credit score. Um, that's kind of the gamut. That's the part. Um, so, so the real takeaways are if you don't have balances and you clearly aren't a credit risk that's out looking for more credit, an inquiry is really going to have next to no impact on you. If you got a lot of inquiries because you're real busy, um, you're shopping TVs, you got a new Best Buy card, you got a new Target card, you got a new washer and dryer at Home Depot, and you got run at the auto dealership, uh, time out. What's this guy doing running around trying to do like a credit makeover in the month of June. That's weird. About to go get a new everything. That's weird. <laughs> Did you just get cancer and you're just like, screw it, I'm buying everything I can get? What's going on? Again, we want to put a red light on your head that says, hey, everybody, something's going on over here. Um, and then there's one more component to this that I want to tell everybody about, which is there was some uh, a federal law passed um, years back that said, well, hang on, like Dan, you said a minute ago, you think it's important to be able to be to shop easily. Sure. Um, well, I think there's a little bit of problem in that credit pulls at the very last thing. So then what if that guy just all of a sudden goes rogue? You saw the car, you liked the deal, you got down to the, the 
finance room. He ran your credit, and all of a sudden, man, we have Dan here at the fourth quarter, and we just are like, dude, your deal just changed. We assumed you had an 823, and now here you are with a 761. So instead of the payment being 340 that brought you in here, it's going to be 505. And you're like, I'm out of here. So you go to another BMW dealership. You know you're getting the new 5 Series. That's what you want. You decided it. So you go to the next BMW dealership, and you get your credit run there, um, hoping that they're going to be more fair dealers, right? Should you be penalized for that? You're just shopping. You're doing You're doing what you should be doing to make sure that you get a prudent deal. Um, the answer to that is no. So where you're getting a like inquiry, so inquiries for the same purpose, and a home loan is one of these. So... Um, and again, I'm not suggesting you want to go let five mortgage companies run your credit, but if you're in a position where um, you do get five mortgage inquiries, that's not supposed to, it, within a 30-day period, that's right. not supposed to lower your credit score. So um, again, I, I really want to stress this. I, I don't believe that there's a need to get your credit run um, five times by mortgage companies. Um Especially so you should, if you're just shopping. You I mean, you should, yeah. you, maybe you have it run by the first company and they tell you the score and then you use that Or they score. might even give you the report. Sure. Um, but and then now, you use that as your baseline to go shop. Right. And you don't need it run a bunch of times. But, but if you do, it shouldn't impact you because you're just shopping. There's some circumstances where someone will ask for a quote and I can say, I can give you this with low confidence. Um, you have a loan modification or a charge off or something that you're describing to me and I haven't run your credit yet. You're describing this to me and I'm like, I really need to see what that looks like. I need to see what it's reporting. I need to see what the repositories say about that. Um, so I can give you a low confidence quote. Um, I would like to run your credit, especially if you're going to hold me to what I tell you. Um, but I can still tell you, you know, I'm not perfectly confident in this because I don't know clearly when your bankruptcy was discharged or my guidelines need you to have 48 months from your foreclosure. And you're telling me that it was sometime in 2014. So you could be at this point in the year, you could be like 57 months. You could also be, um, you know, 41 months, in which case it's a difference of whether or not you're approved. I might like to run your credit if you don't know that. But again, it's not perfectly necessary to be able to tell somebody what their loan terms should be based on an assumption. Um, I will say many loan companies want to start processing you like from in call. You call in and they're like, man, we got to, we got to get going. We got to run your credit. We got to start. And the next thing you know, you're, you're trying to get a quote and they're asking you questions that are filling out an application on the other end of the phone. That's because again, you're worth money. They're trying to just work you right into the system. You might run into that. And that's where you have to be cognizant enough to stop and say, Hey, whoa, listen to me, pal. I'm not trying to apply right now. I'm trying to be a smart consumer. I'm getting some different opinions. I need to know what the pricing is based on some assumptions, not a full-on credit application. Um, but 
Bummer, right? Where do you learn that? They didn't teach you that in high school, did they? <laughs> no, there's nowhere that teaches you that. Um, no, there's no, unless you have a friend, and this is where I end up always tell people, you know, hey, well, you have a friend in the mortgage industry now. I'll tell you that. Um, I want people to know that. And you know what? I love to explain that to you because that's not just home loans. You can do that with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like I'm raising my kids. Hey, hop on the phone. Call and ask those questions. You're going to sound like a like a dummy the first time where you don't even know what you're asking and you're you lack confidence. But you're going to get some feedback. You're going to get some answers. You're going to realize, well, maybe that was the first question was a great one. The follow-up question was not that good. So guess what? When you call the second person, you're going to be better at asking the right questions, right? And now you get some feedback. You're talking to a new person. Um, man, by the time you call the third person, they might just think you're savvy, <laughs> right? Sure. Um, that's true with everything. So I just encourage people um, to uh, – to, to get in the weeds on that, learn a little bit about it, make some phone calls, figure out what you got going on. Um, or you can just push the rocket button, right? Where it's just, it's so easy. Sure. Um, I just don't think that's best practice. Um, just to give you a little bit of background on the credit thing, as a creditor, like our company, Central Coast Lending, when we go to apply with a credit reporting company, they ask what our purpose is. So that when we do an inquiry on someone's credit, it shows up as a mortgage inquiry. Um, and likewise, auto dealers would would apply to run credit on consumers as auto dealers. So that's how you know those inquiries are sorted out is, is when we initially apply to be able to run someone's credit, we're telling them what our purpose is um, in business. And so those those like inquiries, when they see multiple mortgage company inquiries in a short period of time, they know you're shopping. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're you're financial, making a financially prudent decision by going out and seeking information. And yeah, maybe you've allowed a few companies to run your credit, maybe more than you should, but it's not going to damage you. So that's the takeaway from this is it... Running your credit is really only a problem if you're going from the auto dealer to the furniture store to the mortgage company to you know the appliance company. Now it looks like you're just out going. Right. You're re- remaking your entire life in one weekend. You're in crisis. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden, you're going to have you're, all kinds of new debt. And guess what? <laughs> from a lending standpoint, you know what I like about lending? Like as a lender, you know what I'm looking for in you? Stability, history, predictability. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. I'm looking for the, like, this is what at the heart of every loan transaction, these are the things that your lender's looking for. Um, how predictable are you? You're pretty predictable. Look at you. You've been on the same job for 16 years and you make enough money to afford your lifestyle. You're not overextended in credit. You're even saving a little bit. Uh, how can I help you? Next guy. Oh, man. Wow, look at you. You've had like nine jobs in two years, and you got credit card balances and a car loan. Um, hmm. Kind of freaking me out a little bit. Oh, and you had your credit run six times this month. Weird. That's not 
like you could clearly see how that guy's just not predictable. I don't know where where are you going to be next year. Um, I want to know that you're likely to have your same job, and you're like, man, I've never had a job for a year. That's not predictable. That's not a comfortable thing. Um, you know that in in terms of um, you know credit. The other thing that I just have to insert here because um, Dan, you brought up a minute ago. We use uh, we we've indicated that we're using credit for a very specific purpose, and we have to legally. Um, we use credit only for mortgage evaluation. That's what we're doing. Um, and most people understand this too. You got uh, three main bureaus in the credit industry, right? We've got TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian. These are the three companies. They're they're the ones that everyone um, sends there. If you're a credit agency that's extending credit, you're reporting to one of the three, possibly two of the three, and in circumstances, three of three. And so you're you send this stuff out there, right? Well, so you walk up. Dan owns a mortgage company and Dan goes to TransUnion and says, Hey, TransUnion, I need to get some credit going on. I need to I need to be able to access credit from your database so I can make a decision if I should make a loan um, to an applicant. And they say, Well, okay, great. Uh, what credit model would you like? Uh, what are you talking <laughs> credit models? They're like, well, there's a lot of them. Um this is always something that just blows people's mind. Um, each of the bureaus with a different audience in mind can score you differently. Um, for example, to some folks, they're perfectly comfortable with um, different attributes. Late payments, not as damaging. Um, in fact, how about this? I'm an auto dealer. Um I care the most about auto lates. Do you have any auto lates? Because if you have auto lates, I don't really want to sell you an auto. Um, the rest of you, you had a you had a cell phone collection, but you never had an auto late. I'm cool with that. Let let's that's actually diminish the negative impact of the cell phone collection. I only care about auto lates. Um, so there's all these different selections that um, somebody can pick in terms of how they want their model scored from Equifax. How do I want TransUnion to score this? So um, invariably, what ends up happening is um, you come to me and you want a home loan, and it turns out that you are uh, you're pretty credit savvy, right? Mm-hmm. You've been getting your free credit report um, from your Discover card, right? In fact, every month on your statement, there's a little like from red to green meter where your credit score is a needle. And it's like, dude, you're throttling up right now. You've got a seven. Full speed ahead. You've got a 755, right? And so you call me up and you're saying, hey, I, you know, I, I'm trying to figure out what my interest rate might be. And, and I ask you, well, do you have an idea of what your credit score is? And you say, oh, yeah, it's 755. Confident, you're confident. You've been seeing this month after month, and then I run your. So you say, okay, good. You like my terms. I run your credit. Well, the the report that we used is a mortgage uh, 
evaluating report. So the model is is built around my loaning you hundreds of thousands of dollars. Not not a car loan, not a, like a little $500 visa, but I'm trying to evaluate whether you're a, a good risk for 30 years. So anyway, the mortgage inquiry, um, this type of credit looking at you is looking more strictly. So I run you and you're a 720. Dumbfounded. How could it be? Um, people, they, they think that this is almost the same thing as like looking at my gas gauge, Dan, look at my gas gauge. How much gas do I have? And you like sit in there and you're like, this is not my car, but I know that's three quarters of tank or, or per near. And then you like, Jim, how much gas looks on that gauge? And you're like, "Mm, yeah, it's definitely about three quarters of a tank. And then somebody else dips in there and goes, you guys are nuts. That's a half tank. You go, What? This is the response that we get from people that are monitoring their free credit report with their city card or their discover card or their free credit report.com. Um, it's like, it's totally different. They're like that. I, that can't be right. All and and it almost is like, it's a reflection on central coast lending. Well, I was going to get a loan with you until you gave me a lower score than discovered us. Right. <laughs> and, and I find myself every time like going, yeah, you're having the same reaction that everybody has that experiences this. Um, and sometimes they match up a little bit more closer, yeah. but sometimes they're very far apart. Some of it's the model, but some of it's just that the creditor doesn't report to all three bureaus. Sometimes you see a creditor only reporting to one or two bureaus. Right. And that can, you know, if it's a negative credit item, it will negatively impact those one or two bureaus. And the third bureau has no knowledge of that. Well, yeah, let's say that you have, um, let's say that you have a trash collection because you moved out of a house and you and the roommates couldn't agree because they were idiots. And then you just, you guys all just said, forget it. And so the trash company sent a collection to Experian to say, hey, Dan Podesto's a deadbeat, and he skipped out on a waste management bill for four hundred bucks, and we want it. And so Experian said, "Noted. We're you know we'll put that on here." Um, so now you go down to McCarthy's, and you're like, "I'd like to buy a car," and they run your TransUnion, right? They, they never great. even knew that you ever had a problem <laughs> right. with Experian. That's not a part of what they're doing. So they run it, and they're like, "Good to go, man. You have a seven sixty. And then you come to me. Two months later, and you say, oh, I'm here to buy a house, and I need to get pre-approved. So, okay, great. What's your credit score? And you're like, dude, I bought a car two months ago for a 760 credit score. And I'm like, dang, that's pretty good. I run your credit. I see that 760. Uh, and then right below that, I see the Experian 640 with this open collection that you just seem to be ignoring. Um, that's upsetting to you, the consumer. You're a little confused. I can help you understand it, but it's confusing. Um, and then in the mortgage world, uh, we always throw out the high and the low. So we're trying to get a good read. We pull three scores. Let's say you have a 780, a 750, and a 720. We throw out the 780 and the 720. You get the 750. Um, that's standard for mortgage companies. Uh, let's say you and your your wife apply together. And you are the guy that had a couple of issues. So your middle credit score is a 680 and your wife's middle credit score is an 800. We use the lower of the two. That's normal in the mortgage industry. Again, we're loaning hundreds of thousands of dollars. We're not crafting this in a way that we want to just be given it the best look from all places. You know, Seslock, when they evaluate you for a loan, they'll run your credit. Um, 
I think it's a single bureau run. And then your co-borrower, so in many cases it's your spouse, but maybe not, maybe it's your dad. They'll run their credit on a single bureau run. They take the two scores and average them. Mm. So you could have a 600. <clears throat> Pops has got an 800. Yeah, that's a 700 credit score. 700 <laughs> approval, baby, which is very good terms compared to like the 600 would have got you a denial or if somebody even did that um, would give you awful terms. 700 is pretty good. So that's fascinating, right? Um, so I think a lot of people just don't know that, that um, there's sort of a lot to credit. It, it's um, different in different industries. It means different things. There's different models. Um Man, we could do we could do full blown seminars on credit, um, credit building, credit repair. There's so much to know, um, and and it's also surprising too how very few people know about credit, right? Because uh, again, do they teach you any of this in high school or college? I don't remember the credit class. I never got it. Um, these are all things that I learned from working in this, you know, as a professional for so many years. Um, you just start to kind of piece it all together, right? Um, but how helpful would that be? They This should be part of high school curriculum. It's more about don't just get credit and, uh, you know, because what, what do they tell you? We had a class called On Your Own, which taught you how to, like, balance a checkbook and open a utility. It was a pretty silly class, mainly because it's too early, right? It's like me telling you in high school, um, you know, this is what, this is how you best take care of a toddler on a Tuesday. You're like, tell me. <laughs> Irrelevant. Tell me in <laughs> hopefully 10 years or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyhow, they, they just are like, don't let too many people run your credit. And if you get credit, pay it. Mm, there's more to it than that. So anyhow, this is the top of the hour commercial break that credit part took a lot longer i still didn't tell you guys the other thing about va loans <laughs> that i think are the bad rap so we'll do that when we get back from this break stick around for another hour of mortgage matters you're tuned in to mortgage matters which airs every saturday from 9 a.m to 11 a.m your host dan and jason from central coast lending want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832 now back to the show playing this on the recorder in like fourth grade did you guys Possibly. have recorder class when yeah were? that was like the intro to music 
yeah. thing and get yeah, your yeah. recorder and your yeah. little yeah. song. Yeah. I still yeah. have my recorder. That does yeah. not surprise Which, me. Which, in yeah. hindsight, was a bad choice because now my kids get their hands on the recorder and it's it's bad news. Yeah, but you're going <laughs> to save 15 bucks when they get <laughs> right. to recorder class. Oh, wow. <laughs> True. Oh. And it, and the teacher's even going to be like, wow, where did you get that recorder from? <laughs> yeah. What's it made out of? <laughs> plastic? Yeah, I think mine was plastic, too. Yeah. I don't have it. Anyway, thanks to it. all the guys in the Marine Corps. Yeah, for serving yeah. Us. all branches, all of, branches the of the arms, service. Armed yeah. forces, yeah. My son's asked me a few times about like going into the service. That's a scary as a parent. Scary thing as a parent. Yeah. Yeah, But Mm -hmm. it's also feels like something that's pretty awesome too. There's some, yeah. I mean, obviously wars and and those, that type of stuff's the scary part, but there's some, I mean, you get access to some of the best technology and, um, some really, you know, cool, cool job opportunities that can come out of being in the, in the military. Plus you can use it for education. I, I right. you know, about 10 years ago, I realized that by not going into the military, I probably wasn't going to get to be that sniper that, you know, I always thought I could be. <laughs> That's a weird thing. You want to shoot people from really far away, Dan? I mean, it'd be kind of cool if they were a bad guy. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I, I my, my dream was to go into the Coast Guard. I, that would be awesome. I love the water. Like clearly, the water is the element for me. Um, and then you see those drills they get to do out of Morro Bay oh, on the surf side. Am- yes, that oh looks amazing God. to me. Yes. And then the part, the only part really about the Coast Guard that I don't think that I would like is like the, um, you know, intercepting drug stuff with big guns and all that. I don't think that that sounds fun. But um, the rest of it, though, yeah. So I, that was my game plan, really. But I thought I would go to college first. If you have a college education and then you go and you get to like become an officer, like wait a second, really quick. You're getting it wrong. If you go to the military first, then they pay for college. I don't know the specifics about it because I never ended up actually doing anything, but I think your GI Bill actually covers oh, um, prior education. Oh, that's cool. Um, I doubt it's the same impact. It's probably better to do it after, but there is some some coverage for it. So we're it's, it's Veterans Day weekend. Um, Central Coast Lending is closed on Monday to celebrate. We do have some veterans in the company. Yeah, we do. Um, and so we'll be closed. But so anyhow, I, I keep wanting to talk about um, VA stuff. Obviously, it's uh, it's the weekend to, to talk about it. This bothers me as uh, immensely. Um, I get this all the time. Somebody will call me up. So I have a a borrower that is a veteran and they're pre-approved to do a VA loan. um, And they are offering on a house. And there's this sentiment that exists um, largely Mm -hmm. perpetuated by realtors. So, and, and I, if any realtors are listening, I know you, I know there are realtors listening right now. Don't 
don't cut me off before you let me finish. Um, I, I'm not insulting you. It's only my interest to to help shape perception of this program. Um, but anyhow, there's this idea that having a VA buyer is detrimental. And I get this a lot. It's like um, they'll call. These are these are people that I know and respect, and they'll call me up and they're like, "Hey, so we got your offer together, um, and looking at this, your buyer needs a VA, and you know, I know, I just know that it's not a good deal for my seller. It costs them more money. They're on the hook for more things, and I just, um, I just, I don't like that. And or. Um, Sometimes they'll call saying, I've always heard that. It's almost like the person that trained them told them that. And so now they're calling to um, figure out what are the, what's, where's the rubber really meet the road on this thing? Um, that, but, so, and, and before we dig right into it, so I just want to say that there's this, um, there's this hangover um, type of, uh, perception that if you're selling a home that accepting an offer from a VA candidate is not a good one. That's not a good idea. You should try not to. And I hate that. Um, because it, at the heart of it, these are veterans. Like we just said, you sure. know, as a, as a father of somebody thinking about it, it's scary. Uh, these are not people that have thought about it. These are people that have served. They have, they have risked life and limbs. Some of them, um, are injured and they're, you know, you know what I mean? If anything, it's a great honor for you to be able to, um, accommodate this buyer. Um, they're using a VA loan that, you know, you know what I mean? It's, it's a, yeah. I do, I really do think it's a, it's an honor to be able to help veterans and the fact that it's, it's shrouded in anything negative bums me out. I think that the negative perception comes from it's it it's based on believing that the seller is going to have to pay more in loan fees um, or transactional type fees because there was you know VA makes sure that of their that veterans are not going to get gouged in in fees in a real estate transaction. They cap the amount of fees that a veteran can pay in a real estate transaction. And so the old way of doing VA loans was that, you know, it just simply was known that the veteran was not going to be paying certain fees. They're not going to be paying for escrow. They're right. not going to be paying for, um, I don't know, there's a hand, some certain lender fees, like an underwriting fee or a dock fee or something like that. And so those fees, they still existed in the transaction. So in order to accommodate that veteran buyer, the seller would have to step up. But there's been some uh, clarification or um, just some some changes to those fee caps to still protect the veteran to make sure that they're not paying exorbitant fees but also not shifting the burden to the seller to make it to make it seem like this buyer is somehow less attractive than any other buyer would be yeah and so and here i think um this is one of the most fundamental differences between the VA loan and any other loan okay if you're doing a refinance or a purchase loan, 
and you're using the VA home loan, it's mandatory that you have a termite report. And on a refi, right? Does anybody else scratch their head a little bit at that? That's kind of a strange thing, right? But let me tell you why it's not. And here's the heart of the matter is the VA in this case is very interested. Their top priority is making sure that their veteran is protected and that they're they're not um, exposed to something that they don't understand, right? So even on a refi, Dan, you've owned your house for how long? Almost 15 years. When was the last time you had a termite report, buddy? 15 years ago. That's not <laughs> smart. Um, you're So if you were a veteran and you're coming through, um, do, and do you agree with me, by the way? I know you've done a lot to your house, and you probably know more about mm. your house than most people know about their house, but do you agree with me that generally that's not a very good practice, that you haven't even had a termite report in 15 years? Um, I don't know. <laughs> come on. No, I definitely um, did the, some remodeling and found some termite stuff. So termite termite inspectors come out and they're of course they're looking for infestation of termites, right? Um obviously. It's a pest inspection. Um but what else are they doing? Um I would suggest that at the very root of it the termite inspection is geared towards looking at um evidence of problems to your property that um, that sort of pose long-term problems. I was going to say, stru- things that will affect the structure. Yeah. So, for example, they're going to say, hey, over here on the south side of the home, Dan, you have some earth-to-wood contact, and the building code doesn't want that. So soil has shifted when you landscaped or whatever you did. You got Now you got dirt that's touching um, some wood, and over time, that's going to lead to uh, moisture, <laughs> termites. It's like a termite highway. Earth gonna, to wood contact. Yeah, it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna ruin some stuff, and and maybe not right away, um, but heads up. And then they go and they go and over here, Dan, on this side, um, you know, your shady side of your house, you got some moss growing, and you're ending up with some fungus that's leading to dry rot. And this wood is being destroyed kind of from the inside out. And you're going to want to deal with that, right? You know, keep it clean. Keep it sealed. When it starts dry rotting, you need to to replace those parts of it. They also go inside. Um, among other things, they see things like, hey, uh, we went in the crawl space of your house and we saw that around your toilet, you've got these uh, water stains that it looks like. If it's not currently leaking, um, it was. So, you know, heads up there. You know, little things like that where you've got water stains or damage, curling wood, bubbling paint, dry rot, earth to wood contact, things like this that just would make you aware, right? That's why even on a refi, the VA says, hey, if you're going to do a VA loan, we want you to get a termite report. They're not expensive. I mean, termite report's like 80 bucks. Sometimes they'll even do them for free. Um, so they just want you to know that, hey, you're, all systems go. Everything's clear here, nothing to worry about. Um, and I can't tell you how many times I've been doing a VA refi where we get a termite report and the termite report comes back with revealing something where the, 
the veteran is like, man, I'm, I'm glad I learned that and happy to deal with it. Um, I've also had them come back where um, it's revealing something they already know about, like that deck that they, they're trying to fix, but they don't have the money or desire to fix it today, and the termite report might keep them from being able to do their refi. So it can be a little bit bothersome, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the heart of the guideline is to want to protect the veteran. So on these VA transactions, a termite report is required. Um, there is no other loan program that a termite report is required 100% of the time. So FHA, conventional, we don't have to have a termite report on a VA. We have to. Um, and we need it to be paid for by the seller. There are Section 1 findings, which is evidence of active leaks, active infestation, active problems, okay? Those need to be remedied, and they need to be remedied at the cost of the seller. Um, There are Section 2 items that are action items, a wiggly toilet, water stain, where it's not really clear how old it is, but just heads up. Um, Oftentimes, you do need on a VA, you need Section 2 items cleared as well. It doesn't have to be at the expense of the seller. Even the veteran can pay for it. The agents can chip in and cover it. A lender can throw some credit at it. And I've seen it happen in all of the way. I've seen everybody split it for the purpose of the home buyer. Um, that's kind of it, you know? There's when you get into the weeds on the VA loan, it's like, well, there's this fee and that fee and the fees cap and all the thing. And I just got to suggest if you're running into fees cap, unless it's a very small loan, like a hundred thousand dollar loan, which around here never happens. Um, we don't see the cap thing happen a lot. The VA allowables, non-allowables that people ran into 20 years ago was, tied to a whole nother era where things are just so different today than they were then. Um, And then additionally, one of the reasons that your grandpa, the real estate broker, doesn't love VA loans was that um, there was a time way back when, well before my time, where um, there was ways that you could and not trick the seller, but get the seller to like, say your veteran doesn't qualify, wants to buy your house, or doesn't qualify. Um, it was possible that the seller could pay off their car <laughs> to like rid them of debt that helped them qualify. That was a real thing. So you hear these stories, and if you're just sitting at a bar and you hear some guy go, yeah, and I had to pay off this veteran's car for him to be able to buy my house, people would go, ugh. <laughs> I wouldn't want to buy somebody's car to sell them a house. That sounds crazy. Um, But what's the rest of the story? He could have said no. Could have said no and not sold the guy the house. But instead you did it because it was still in your best interest. And now here you are bellyaching about it, kind of spreading more negativity about this product that's really not very accurate. So, um, you know, then – the only other thing I ever hear, and if there's realtors that are listening right now, they're saying, yeah, but um, the appraisal standpoint of a VA loan, they're ordered through the Department of Veteran Affairs. Um, there are very specific appraisers that are that work for the Department of Veteran Affairs. Um, they're, they know that they're protecting a veteran, right? So when they go out there, they have that eye. Um, they have that lens on, right? They're walking around saying, hey, man, is there anything that five years into this we're going to end up 
this guy, you know, I could have tipped him off to or helped him with, helped him avoid this problem. Because remember, some of these veterans are um, paraplegic or something, right? They've got additional needs. They don't need to be buying a house where they didn't understand that the roof had one year to go. They've got, they've, they've just, they've earned the right of full disclosure. And for us as a lender, um, man, you know what some boots on the ground are for me? My appraiser. He's going there. I don't go there. My appraiser's going there. He's going to walk around in every room. He's going to stick his head up into the attic and look around with a light. He's going to look in the crawl space. He's going to, you know, he's the guy that is um, the neutral third party of looking at the property, isn't he? Um, And if anything, he's maybe a little less neutral, right? He's there to protect the veteran. He's looking. He is the eyes and ears of the property that's on site to make sure that um, it's what it appears. So sometimes the VA appraiser does identify something um, that ends up needing to be addressed or remedied, but that's pretty rare. Um, And most of the time, you guys are doing a home inspection anyway. You're doing a pest inspection because you have to. Most of the time, all these issues are known and dealt with, um, and it's not that big of a deal. So, again, I just am going to argue that um, there's not enough drawback for the perpetuation of this really negative view of the VA loan. Now, can I spend a couple minutes just telling you about some stuff about VA that's freaking awesome? I hope you will. Uh, you know what the maximum loan amount is for a VA loan? Oh, I know the answer to this. <laughs> there isn't one. <laughs> you, did you know that you can get a million dollar VA loan? Yeah. There's some people listening going, what? Oh yeah. Um, I didn't say a hundred percent financing to a maximum loan of whatever. Um, at some point there's a portion that the veteran's going to be expected to kick in and help share. But, um, how awesome is that? You can buy, you know, let's say, let's say that you've, you know, you're a veteran, worked really hard, saved tons of money, made great investments, and now you're, you want the $2 million house in Shell Beach and you only have a million bucks. You can put a million bucks down and get a million dollar VA loan. The terms of the loan are amazing. That makes it absolutely fantastic. Um, can I tell you another thing that I absolutely love about the VA loan? We submitted one yesterday where um, the debt to income ratio. So this is a this is mm. a guy that's you know so many programs, right? The farthest to the other end of the spectrum is like probably the USDA loan. In some situations, you're limited to like a thirty something percent debt to income ratio. It's very small. Um, if all of us, if everybody that looked around said, "I pay only a third of my income to my housing expense here in California." There's not a lot of us that register down there, right? No. Other end of the spectrum, uh, conventional loans, FHA loans, somewhere around 50%. A lot of people live close to that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, VA, this loan we submitted yesterday, 76% debt to income ratio. Crazy. So can I just tell you that there is no maximum debt to income ratio on a VA loan? That's absurd, right? 
also super cool for the veteran that um and there's always more to the story and i'm not, i'm not advocating that you can straddle them with this crazy amount of debt that no other loan program would allow you um they use a residual income calculation but my point is so if you're a seller and i'm sizing up buyers um the va no max loan amount that's pretty cool. No max DTI. So I'm not going to end up having a problem where my guy doesn't qualify, right? That's the most lenient in terms of debt to income ratio qualification. Um, derogatory credit. If you have had some sort of event in your past, like a bankruptcy or um, a collection or something like that, setting the curve on leniency to those issues is VA. So again, if I'm the seller and I'm evaluating offers and I see an offer from a veteran, I know most lenient debt to income ratio, most lenient credit qualifications, zero down payment in most cases, no max loan amount. Uh, you need me to buy a termite report? <laughs> I'm in on that. Your guy, this guy's not going to come unbuttoned for qualification during the loan unless somebody is a real knucklehead that's processing it. Um, we do, you know, we still do pre-approvals on veterans. Um, what else am I missing, Dan? Um, VA loans are assumable. Um, you can get adjustable rate loans. You can get fixed rate loans. You can do a hundred percent cash out refi on a VA loan. And again, some people are like, that's not a good idea. And I'd agree with you most of the time. That's not a good idea, but I've seen it happen where it's a fantastic idea, debt consolidation or paying for college or, or doing, um, we had a veteran in the North County, um, a real friend of, um, our company, uh, I probably shouldn't say her name, but a local business owner that's amazing. She's a veteran, so is her husband. Um, they bought a house, loved their house, found out it had a foundational issue that was a hundred thousand dollar repair. Um, they didn't have a hundred grand laying around, so we were able to do a VA cash out refi at a hundred percent loan to value. We took every drop of equity out of her house so that she could use it to repair the foundation. That's awesome, man. Other loans limit you to 80, 85% on cash out refis. This thing goes the whole way. There's just, there's so many great things about it that, um, like I said, I get, I get pretty hung up. I'm upset when I find that people's opinion of the VA loan is a negative one. How about, <clears throat> excuse me, protection to the veteran? Um, if they're called into service, then they're able to take a time out on making that mortgage payment. As they should be, right? Right. Yeah. They're busy. They're busy They're, fighting for all of us. Right. So they get to, um, you know, basically have a, a timeout on making any mortgage payments until they return home. And there's no detrimental impact to them, their credit, their home ownership or anything. I did another loan for Nancy. I wonder, I think Nancy finally sold this house and moved out of the area, but she was a longtime listener of the show. Um, she came into me, um, loved this woman. She was kind of a rolling stone of sorts, couch surfing and, you know, renting here, there, daughters, friends, whatever. Um, she said, I should buy a house, put down some roots. And really, she recognized, she's a super smart lady. She recognized it was like 2010. She's like, if I could buy a house right now and stick it for a few years, I could probably make some real money. And so um, we sat down and I started trying to qualify her. And it turned out that one of her income streams was from her deceased veteran husband from 
a lifetime ago. And so I said, well, hang on a minute. If you're the surviving spouse of a deceased veteran, um, you're eligible for a VA loan yourself. So we did a VA loan for her. She bought a condo down in Grover. Um, it was actually a VA resale. So it was eligible. It was, a, it was just such a smoking deal. I think she got it for like 190 grand. She told me a while ago, she, she would always call and check in with me. And she called and said, ah, I this just this fantastic, just wanted you to know that I sold that condo and made a hundred grand and I'm hitting the road. And it was like, right on, good play. Um, so that's another great benefit of it that a lot of people just don't realize. Um, there's a lot about it. So anyhow, um, it's time for us to take a commercial break. And uh, yeah, we'll be back after this short break with more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. If you're like most investors, the constant ups and downs of the stock market have you on edge. How do you make sure you keep your gains without jumping ship too soon? At Century Financial Consultants, they have an investment strategy where your money is completely protected against market losses. You go up with the stock market, your gains locked in, and when the market goes down, you don't lose anything. Literally, you go up, never down, forwards, never backwards. Sounds too good to be true? See for yourself for free. Call Matt at Century Financial Consultants today at 805-324-7914. That's 805-324-7914. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending, Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso Robles, Morro Bay, Atascadero, San Luis Obispo, and Arroyo Grande. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your host, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending.
sounds like a yeah. huge blockbuster movie intro. It's, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. U.S. Army. Great music. Yeah, it is actually really good. It's probably the least well-known, I think, of the armed forces, I think, personally, but but this is the army thing. You got big plans for the weekend, Jim? Not really. No? No. Got Thanksgiving coming up and stuff. Kind of got to... Got to get ready for that, right? Got to start eating a lot and try to stretch your stomach so you (laughs) get a lot down that day. Start putting gravy on all kinds of stuff right now. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) Thanksgiving's at me. Dinner I come, yeah. But I guess I'll put some gravy on my meat. Put some gravy on my potatoes. <laughs> put yeah. some gravy on my stuffing. Yeah. Let's put some gravy on my gravy. <laughs> the only one I don't I don't like the green I don't like the green bean casserole. Not about you oh, guys. What? Yeah, I'm not, I do. Not a fan. It's like but, cream and mushroom <laughs> soup up in your green beans with some of those French's yeah. crispy onions on it. What don't you like about it? Uh, pretty much all of it. <laughs> huh. I do. It. Do you <laughs> eat green beans? I do. I love green, green beans. beans are love great. Green, yeah, I love okay. green beans. Do you like cream and mushroom soup? I do. Meh. No? Meh. No. So you'd like cream mushroom soup and you like green beans. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the fried onions. You can do without the onions. Yeah. Um common substitution is like water chestnuts. You put those yeah, in. Yeah, I've done that. That's or those, that's okay. What are those little That's okay. With the pearl onions, is that what they're called? Yeah. Throw some of those guys oh, in there. I like the pearl onions. Tony, take any of those vegetables, Brussels sprouts, green beans, something like that, and just combine it with like a meat that's got good grease, like it's, chorizo. Oh yeah. <laughs> See, I'm not a big fan of the yeah the, the sweet potato casserole either. I like the sweet potatoes. What? I like pineapples. I like mushrooms, but I'm not a fan of them together. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's crazy. Hmm. How about, like how about sweet mashed potatoes this year? There is. You don't have to go uh, no, with I do these like, standard I do like, dishes. I do like, yeah, no, I, see, I like Get that. more creative yeah. this year. I, 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 I am. Yeah. But I like all the other stuff. I like the stuffing, the turkey, the gravy. Like, I think potatoes, instead yeah. of just doing a traditional green yeah. or a cranberry sauce oh, cranberries type thing, are great. Yeah. we're going to do more of like a cranberry chutney this oh, year. Oh, that sounds really good. My wife's family does that. Because not everybody likes, is a, you know, we have, we have, Cranberries are one of those things where it's very polarizing. You either love them or you hate them. There's not a lot of people who are like, man, they're all right. Now, but clarify for me, when you're saying cranberry, are you talking jellied no. cranberry? No, no, you're no. talking about no. like cranberry. That doesn't belong on a table at all. Okay. Yeah. So that's what Camp Dan's from. <laughs> yeah, See, now I, I have Yeah, a, like my dad, he'd, See, he'd open the down. can, he'd slide out the cylinder, yeah. and then start cutting perfectly round slices. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, no, that's gross. That's amazing. That's not happening. It's not in competition chutney. with the other cranberry that you make, too, whatever no. other kind. I'll have them both, but the jellied cranberry absolutely belongs at the table. Uh, I, <laughs> I, have to, I have to decide a little what would... Jason, but I also have to side with you, Dan. I kind of like in between. I like them both. Huh. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're gonna go now, all. Now, we're gonna go now, chutney. Now are we talking the whole, whole berry? No, or no the berry. pureed? Yeah, just pureed. Okay. We would do a whole berry. See, I probably would too. Would 
Yeah. That's how we've done it in years past. Yeah. As long as it's not from a can. <laughs> not from a can. No. Not from a can. We're getting the bag of the cranberries. Oh, those are and, good. Yeah. And, you know, simmer them down and do the thing. And it's not that the hard. Stuff. It just no, takes, they're so it's easy. not that hard. It just takes a little extra time. Yeah. But the end product, I personally feel like, is a lot better. There you go. It's great. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say it all at the same time. You know, if you were a kid and and jellied cranberry was on the table, I understand. I'm not going to be shamed by you for liking yeah, jellied hey, cranberry. I'm gonna. You could refrigerate your homemade cranberries in a Tupperware. Dan, I didn't even know you could do that. Okay, and you could create. It wasn't the same until thing. my adult <laughs> life did I ever even know that cranberry was something other than that <laughs> sludge. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Okay. That's how I grew up great. always thinking that was how cranberries were delivered to the plate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it comes from a can. I don't know that I liked them as a kid. <laughs> oh, I hated them. Yeah. But if you have like a piece of dry turkey. See, I hate turkey. Uh, see, turkey is great. I don't like uh, turkey. Well, it yeah. sounds like you're having bad turkey if you're having dry turkey. Mm, turkey's foul. I don't love turkey. I've never liked turkey that much. Um, but you know, you take like little turkey sandwich after with a little cranberry sauce and mustard um i'm currently perfecting the way that i do this but a few weeks ago a favor for a friend i helped smoke a turkey and i smoked the turkey and then finished it in the oven Mm. it was pretty good so i do think there are ways that you can make turkey um i like the idea of the uh, white meat on the turkey, like the breast, I think, mm-hmm. is the good part. So mm-hmm. when I was tasked with cooking the turkey, like for the family, um, I cook it in a bag upside down. Mm. <laughs> and then they get angry. The dark meat's dry. The breast is amazing. I say, yeah, well, it's always cooked the wrong way. So the all the juice made you think the dark meat was better. The the mm-hmm. breast meat's actually better. Yeah. It just loses the juices because of gravity. So flip the thing over and yeah, cook it that I way. It's amazing. Flip, I flip the turkey over too when I do it. Yeah. Guys, to, to the other way that people, guys, most people will do it, I'll turn it over. This is something I mm-hmm. happen to be an expert on. Yeah. Turkey cooking? I am the turkey cooker in my house and okay. have been For since years. I was about 20. Okay, wow. Dan, how do, you, how do you cook a turkey? The secret is basting. Yeah. You don't put it in a bag. I've never put my turkeys in a bag. Oh, I can't say never. I have way back when, when I was a novice. Back Uh, when I was a novice. I don't do a bag. I don't do it upside down. I still use the old school, like red pop-up thermometer. I love it. It's more nostalgia for me. Um, I, you know, I'd stuff the bird, lace it up, pop in the timers, put it in there, baste every half hour. Okay. And 20 minutes per pound. Hmm. Okay. 325, I think, on the... There's a fundamental problem with a turkey Mm. where... Based every half hour, you will wind up with delicious, moist turkey. Yeah, and you've basted 15 times (laughs) while... And who watches the Cowboys game when you're in there? Uh, Basting takes five minutes. It's a great way to check Uh, on the rest of the happenings in the kitchen. Maybe grab a beer. And go back (laughs) and watch some more football. Yeah. And with today's television technology, there's these two little vertical lines 
pause. There wasn't just, 20 years you ago, Dan. Pause You'd have had to put TV. in your Thanksgiving Day tape and <laughs> right. push record. What ha- What did I miss? No. Stuffed or no stuffed? Stuffed. Mm, yeah. Not good. Yeah, no, That's unsanitary. I, yeah. No, no. It's no, good. I love See, it. I washed the bird the night before. Salt yeah. and pepper. There you go. First thing in the morning, I'm stuffing that bird, and it's in the oven. It's in there by 7 a.m. at the latest. Try to get it a little earlier. Um, I don't want to totally break your heart right now, but there's a (laughs) whole nother show before Thanksgiving. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I'll do my Thanksgiving turkey tips next week. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I can't wait. I know. I mean, for one, I'm going to be bringing a a notepad here. I want to take some notes. Because then I'll be going home and I'll tell my wife, I'll say, Dan said you need to base that thing every half hour. <laughs> then Dan can just come over yeah. and... <laughs> well, it sounds like you need to go to Dan's house. Yeah. There you guys start a fight there. <laughs> uh, I, I do... Uh, I like the whole Thanksgiving thing. I just don't like turkey. Mm. In, in most anyway, if I was just like, if we were setting out to do meat today, so many better meats than yeah. turkey. I agree. But it's like Thanksgiving, so you do a turkey. Mm-hmm. Whatever. It's fine. You could do it. Might as well put some cranberry on it. Now you take the bite with the little jelly cranberry. That is good. Covers up the flavor of the turkey. Doesn't matter how dry <laughs> it is. You're hacking through this thing. Because really what we all want is the sweet potato pie. Mm. Yeah, that's good. I like pecan pie. Mm, pecan pie. Pecan pie is really good. Mm. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. Next week. Next week we'll cover. <laughs> okay. I'm super hungry now. Is anybody else hungry? Like, uh, what time is it? Up. Let's go eat. Yeah, come on. Yeah, wrap this thing up. Mm-hmm. Um, we like. I think we just went from the commercial break to here, uh, talking about Thanksgiving. Mm. Pretty much, we did. Yeah. Is it break time? Uh. Well, we. Could take another break. Are you are you locked and loaded for the final break? I am locked and loaded. If you want to just do that, I know it's weird. But we'll just edit out this part of the show. <laughs> yeah, for next time. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, let's take the final commercial break here <laughs> of the show, and then we'll come back and and finish up mortgage matters. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KBEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. If you're like most investors, the constant ups and downs of the stock market have you on edge. How do you make sure you keep your gains without jumping ship too soon? At Century Financial Consultants, they have an investment strategy where your money is completely protected against market losses. You go up with the stock market, your gains locked in, and when the market goes down, you don't lose anything. Literally, you go up, never down, forwards, never backwards. Sounds too good to be true? See for yourself for free. Call Matt at Century Financial Consultants today at 805-324-7914. That's 805-324-7914. 
For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Let me ask you a question. What if you could take a pill for your brain and start to feel better, sharper, and smarter than you've ever felt in your life and feel the results within 30 minutes? There's a secret society of successful tech-savvy entrepreneurs, pro athletes, and business execs that are using this potent advanced brain formula to get a competitive advantage. It's called Limitless, the brain pill of the future. Take it, and within 30 minutes, you'll transport your mind to a whole new level of focus and attention never thought possible. Limitless is a powerful formula formula packed with the highest quality ingredients. It's like Viagra for the brain. Limitless may be the most important advancement in brain science available today. You have nothing to lose, so why not call now and find out how to get a free bottle and experience this genius for yourself. To find out how to get your free bottle of Limitless, call 800-605-4757. That's 800-605-4757. Get your free bottle for a limited time. Call now, 800-605-4757, 800-605-4757. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. Here we are. We're back. The home stretch here at Mortgage Matters. It is Veterans Day weekend, so we spend a lot of time talking about the VA loan program and some of the nuances of underwriting. We started actually talking a little bit about the pricing of VA loans, and I think that's kind of how I'd like to finish this episode here. Oh, yeah. Um, we've, you know, lately I've been seeing a lot more commercials or hearing radio ads for the Navy Federal Credit Union or the, you know, Armed Forces, whatever bank. Um, you know, there's these different institutions that really seem aligned with the military um, for banking services. And so you would kind of expect that they're really good at those VA mortgages. Can I cut you off right here, yeah, too? Yeah, please do. Um, <laughs> I have the same thing. I see homeowner's insurance by the thousands in my career. 
I can tell you within seconds of seeing your deal if you have a good deal or not. And so many times I see the USAA. This is the one where you, if you're a veteran, you probably are at USAA. Um, but they're like, it seemed, it's sort of pitched as this, um, you know, invite only club. You have to have served or you could, you could be the dependent of, um, a veteran or something. Right. But, but you have to have some tie to the armed services to be able to get, to be, to, to be able to be among the lucky that get to bank there. And then you get your homeowner's insurance or it's the whole package, right? Um, it's nearly predatory in nature. I'll see a USAA homeowner's insurance policy where it's like the premium's $1,100. And other insurance companies here in town are going to be, for the same property, are going to be like 600 bucks a year. And I don't know about you, uh, homeowner's insurance is not something you use very often. In fact, when you do need it, um, <laughs> you have to be pretty darn sure you need it, right? Like your house burned down. I think usually it's pretty obvious that you need it. Yeah, you need help. <laughs> you have a problem that you are not going to remedy on your own usually, right? Um, but otherwise, this is something you just pay. Like, And people usually get the policy. This is why I encourage people to shop their homeowner's insurance anyway. Like you bought your house 15 years ago. You have a homeowner's insurance you got 15 years ago. Um, chances are... You're throwing away two, three, five, eight hundred dollars a year on that thing um, for no reason. Also, you could also, if you bought your house 15 years ago, you could also be underinsured because your house has changed dramatically. Replacement cost is so much higher. There's so many reasons why it's smart to shop your homeowner's insurance, but those VA insurance policies are the ones where it's like, man, it's, it's like they have a captive audience. So, and the same thing with the mortgage yeah. um, side, where you feel like you're, you've gotten some special privilege. It's an honor to receive this you know, Navy Federal Credit Union mortgage, because they're going to take such good care of you, because you're one of theirs. And what we found, actually, is that their rates are terribly uncompetitive. We've recently taken some clients away from some of those seemingly aligned banking institutions and given customers a half point better in rate on yeah. a VA loan. Well, that's what I was going to say, you know, as you said, you want to finish up talking about rates. I'll tell you what I think about rates. Um, first of all, we, I have been in the home loan business here on the Central Coast since I got out of Cal Poly, um, you know, 15 years ago. And so we've been at Central Coast Lending for 10 years now. Um, I have worked with, alongside, managed um, for many of the people that have been in business uh, here on the Central Coast for a long time. Some of these guys are good friends of mine. And they'll tell me things like, oh, over here at our company, 80% um, of the revenue to our company is made off of VA and FHA loans. And um, the problem is, and I get that, I understand that, I know that that's part of the model, okay? Um, but here on the Central Coast, 
especially like where we are in San Luis, Morro Bay, Tascadero, Paso Robles, there's some average amount of veterans. It's not heavily veteran. You know, it's not like we're, um, you know, I'm trying to think of some place like San Diego or something. Where there's yeah, if you're in Oceanside, for sure. example, you might be running across a heck of a lot more veterans. Okay, so here it's an, it's an it's like an average amount of what you would expect nationally. Um, so it's not. I mean, if you're going to do a hundred loans, you're probably going to have five percent of them be VA around here. Down south in San Diego in Oceanside, if you have a mortgage company in Oceanside and you do 100 loans, it could be 50 of them could be VA loans, right? Let's say you're down at Vandenberg. You're probably going to have a higher occurrence than the 5% we see here on the Central Coast. So that being said, 80% of the profitability of your mortgage company is built on FHA and VA, which together make up about 10% of your business. So... um you don't have to be a mathematician to know that these loans are um, obviously wildly profitable. And and so here's the deal. So you might be wondering, well, okay, so if they're just a profitable loan, why is that a problem? Well, here's the deal. Um, a VA loan is generally going to be about a half a point lower than a conventional loan. So if the conventional loan rate today is five, the VA rate I expect is going to be four and a half. Um, both no points. Um, if you do a VA loan at four and five eights, okay, you're making some real money that just pays so much. So then you do a VA loan at four and three quarters. Now you're making like double do a VA loan at four and seven eighths. You're making, you know, two and a half times the profit that you would have made at four and a half do a VA loan at five you're literally making triple or quadruple profits at that level. So, and this is the deal. Um, if you're, you could come to me for a VA loan, I want to give you four and a half. I'm happy just making the standard fare. It's not a huge part of our business. I'm really, I love doing that loan just like any other loan. If you, if you qualify, it's the best thing for you. Um, let's do it. If you, um, if you go to one of these companies that's like, dude, this is our bread and butter. We are salivating for a VA loan and our VA interest rates four and three quarters and the conventional loan rate is five, four and three quarters. Pretty good. That's not, it's cheaper, right? Um, you just don't realize that you just made them double money. So that's really the big rub. And like I said, at the beginning of the show, these companies that price out, they market, they target, you go to their website. If their company is called, you know, Veterans Home Loans USA, chances are you're getting gouged, man. They have latched on to the fact that, hey, even if they just give you 4.625, right? Knowing that the other companies are 4.5, the VA loans are just so profitable. So, um, Dan, you said it a minute ago, and it's perfectly true. We've been mopping up that competition. Mm -hmm. If you're a veteran or you know a veteran, if you're getting a VA loan or you need a VA refi, let me throw my hat in the ring there. I will get you a better deal than you're getting anywhere else. Um, and if I can't, I, I don't have a guarantee for you. I'm not going to give you a Corvette if I can't beat it. If you're finding a better deal, I'll happily just tell you, man, you found a better deal. But I just got to tell you, 
on a reverse mortgage or a VA loan doesn't happen. Those are the loans where our normal deal um, is just such a better deal because we're not trying to to make more on that guy. Um, that's just a, it's a business model, and um, that that's why we're happy to have all the products. All of you know, we want to serve all the people. We want to be able to help you without steering you into something that makes us more money or puts you at a disadvantage. We just want to objectively place you where you belong. So um, that's what we really want to say. So uh, thanks for listening today. Happy Veterans Day. Thank you again for all who have served um, and those who've made those sacrifices. If you want to get a hold of us this week, we're centralcoastlending.com and we're 805-543-LOAN. So happy Veterans Day. Be safe out there. We'll be back next week with another episode of Mortgage Matters.